0: friends, welcome to Sky House Herbs Podcast. I'm Ashley Voss, a clinical herbalist, and in this space I share my knowledge and experience with plant medicine to help you on your own journey of healing and transformation. Join me in exploring the ancient wisdom of plant spirit medicine and how it can be used to heal the body, mind, and spirit. We'll talk to experts in the field and share stories from people who've been transformed by powerful plant allies. New episodes are released each Monday, so please subscribe. And now, let's explore this mystical world of plant medicine together. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. Today, I'm joined by my friend and dear colleague, Jesse wolf Hardin. Welcome in, Jesse. Oh, thank you. And today's topic is going to be a little fun because Jesse doesn't know what it is. And um, today's topic actually comes from one of you. Um, a listener who today just put in a request for a topic. And I thought to myself, this is a great topic. And I think Jesse would be able to speak to it. So um, in in the spirit of magic, we're gonna just throw it into the pot of this time together and see see what bubbles up. Um, Before we dive into today's content, please, if you haven't already subscribed to my channel, do that, it's super easy, just a click. It helps other people to find my work. And if you find this video to be useful, you can click the like button, and that also helps the algorithm find more folks like us to watch these sorts of conversations. Um, I also want to introduce Jesse and read to you a wonderful bio that will, I think, bring you into the spirit of his work. This is from a bio written from his book, The Hedge Guild Otherworld. This is the companion to um, his tarot deck, so him and his wife, Kiva Rose, created this beautiful tarot deck. And I'll include a link in the description. Um, And it's not, you know, this isn't just like, like one of those thin handbooks for a tarot deck, it's a book. So it's beyond useful. And so here is Jesse's bio. Jesse Wolf Harden is a mind-stirring ecosopher, enraptured father and husband, artist and writer, counsel, musician, activist, historian, presenter, and storyteller, the author of over a thousand published articles and more than 25 books, including Wonderments, Kindred Spirits, The Practice of Herbalism, The Healing Terrain, The Medicine Bear, and The Plant Healer's Path, available through online Plant Healer Bookstore, which I'll include a link to, and also distributors, including Amazon. So thank you, Jesse, for being here. And where tell folks where you're joining us from.
1: Well, basically the center of the Gila wilderness and the, one of the wildest sections of land in the entire country in southwest New Mexico and border of Arizona. And this is our restored wildlife sanctuary and botanical sanctuary. A sacred place for thousands of years for the Mogollon peoples. And now I'm the primary caretaker for the past 50 years of rewilding and returning sacrament to this wondrous place it's a, a pleasure to be able to be in a place like this and still reach out through you and other ways to the world
0: yeah yeah the work you're doing is amazing out there and i know sometimes you get stuck there because the rivers flood and so you know you're really at the um the mercy and the grand adventurous mind of the universe <laughs> being that far out and and i i agree it's such a gift that Through technology like this and your confluences and your plant healer magazine that this work can get out into the world so Mm, thank thank you you. for being here and okay so you're ready for today's topic
1: oh never ready always willing
0: okay (laughs) so let's talk about father wounds the archetypal father wound maybe the personal father wound and what do we do with that you know what do we do with wounds that come from the line of maybe of men in our family and um yeah i want to explore this topic i want to talk about plants i have a few herbs that i wanted to Weave in, um, but I think this is uh, this has been coming up a lot, not just in the email that came through this morning, but also my husband and I have been talking a lot about the ancestral father lineage, the the male lineage that we've we are a part of. Um, so it just seemed like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So what what is the archetypal masculine, and why why is what is the wound associated with that?
1: Well, it depends on what kind of wounds you're talking about, of course. I think uh, throughout times, it's been a matter of living up to what we think are the responsibilities of being a male based on male role models that we've had. Uh, For the longest time, that was fairly consistent in most cultures, which is to say we were considered to have the responsibility for the protection of the family for directing uh, to some degree and opening the doorways to be the risk taker that opened the doorways for the rest of the, the family in the village to follow. Uh, it's uh, other things like wisdom, uh, magic, nurturing, all of those are, are never been uh, gender specific. But somehow the male is taken on just through physical stature alone, this inordinate weight of The world in which it falls on us or at least we feel like it falls on us to not only ensure the safety but the well-being and the happiness of everything and everybody that we care about to the degree that 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 role becomes blurred uncertain or we feel unable to fully and vigorously fulfill that responsibility in that role i think that's where the modern wound comes from never before i don't think in, in all of human time have we been so caught up in with not really knowing who we are what our role is and what we're meant to do with our strengths and our weaknesses which each and every which all genders not just the two all genders no matter how we define it have specific uh things that need to be worked on things that are special gifts how to deal with those uh fill in the holes and also fulfill the qualities and the abilities that's that's never been so in question as it is now and so part of a personal quest uh, for men certainly is to what does it mean to be a man in what ways am I a man in this world and uh, how can I express and share my feelings with and vulnerabilities without sacrificing uh, the trust building sense of certainty and confidence that has to come with any kind of leading
0: yeah, that's a, that's a great point, and I think, you know, this piggy, this dovetails really nicely also, I think, into the dilemma of many women, which is trying to wear so many hats, and also not being sure of what our roles are. Um, so, you know, I think on both sides, because of the way our culture has changed and the way that community and the sharing of community roles has changed, um, a lot of people, I think probably over the last few hundred years, especially, um, there's a feeling of of greater isolation and uncertainty.
1: Absolutely, very much so. And that's, that's true for no, no matter how we sexually identify, no matter how we identify in terms of culture, ethnicity, sense of place. Uh, right now, everything seems uh, up in the air because of the uh, genericism and generalization uh, the same internet that made the entire world uh, accessible to each other has also made things seem a little more common and people are following more common rules. And, and even, for example, in Europe, the the not just uh, individual roles, but uh, cultural roles are, are being supplanted by this universal one culture, one way of representing ourselves on social media and to each other and our social interactions. Um, that rip rips away some of the individuality and the personal artistic, uh, sensibility and form and shape and action, uh, that was possible forever. And now we have to think, um, where are we, who are we for the first time? And how do we express what that is in the healthiest way possible, both for us and for the world?
0: Yeah, it's true. And I think, um, yeah the 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 social media definitely changes our perception of what is you know like what is the masculine what is the feminine and yeah and and, how, and even in the in between world right because it's not it's not completely binary so in in the space where most traditional cultures including most native american cultures there was like space for these different and they weren't based on gender, but they were based more on the persons, as you talk a lot about, their gifts and their innate strengths and um, things that they would bring to the tribe or bring to the community.
1: Well, that was a vast spectrum. I mean, uh, it's you know, it doesn't fit the terms that we have now, like you know, like gender specific or gender fluid, et cetera, because it was all on a spectrum. It was you each and every person was known to have female and male characteristics. You might have a primarily male or female role within your culture. But as far as, you know, no no one quality or characteristic could be attributed to you based simply on gender or men were never not nourishing, not caring, not capable at least of all these qualities that we so often put on women and vice versa. You know, women have always been not just capable of, but expressive of strength, power, decision making, you know, uh, uh, instigation, intuition, all of these things. So to one degree or another, these are attributes that were never defined strictly by you know, what physical parts we, we carry or even how we identify. Rather right on this vast spectrum of abilities, propensities, qualities, interests, ways of expressing ourselves uh it's people think it odd that somehow somehow they think i'm this uh ultra masculine viking and then they'll also notice that i'm going around in a skirt that my biggest thing is poetry and i would do more of it if if (laughs) if there was more more of a call for it um that all these things that they think of as female so many of those are things that i ascribe to i'm the primary you know person who Who decorates in here who it really matters to me what my physical world is like um i'm connecting in a sensual sensitive way that i don't want to think that that i have to be feminine in order to be sensitive
0: Mm -hmm. so i
1: think the problem starts with attribution of these qualities to genders to begin with so if we're going to figure out who we are what role we want to take on it's not that we have to let go of certain uh female or male traits and, and emphasize others it's that we need to emphasize all of the aspects of who and what we are as we take on whatever those roles are culture can call them male roles we can call it a male wound but basically we're a wounded species where each and every one of us has to come to terms with our most authentic self our authentic needs and an authentic calling that gives us purpose and meaning in life.
0: Hmm, that's beautiful you know it reminds me i was looking through some of my notes when i was sitting with matthew wood this was back in 2012 so many moons ago and he said the greatest advice he would give is that we have to try to harmonize the unconscious and conscious parts of ourselves that peace we we are seeking to create peace between the more delicate insides and tough outer selves then we harmonize that with the soul of nature to come into the soul to come home nature is alive and so you know in I love this because it's it's when we're thinking about the father wound right like what maybe happened to us what did our fathers maybe f- fail you know how did they fail us in some way um you know part of is part of the the healing is to look at the conscious and the unconscious parts of ourselves and trying to harmonize, you know, because no one's perfect, you know, it's like to try to think of, you know, everyone has a father wound. I don't think anyone escapes from a parental wound. You know, it's, it's part of being human is having things that you didn't necessarily agree with, with your parents, or they didn't give you, they maybe weren't capable of giving you something that you needed that they didn't need. Right. So, you know, I think part of what, what I've been kind of considering is the parts of us that, you know, what are maybe some of the unconscious parts of us and how do we harmonize those with the needs that we have here and now when we're thinking about going inward to try to heal these wounds?
1: Mm, absolutely. But also it's like, uh, I think it's important to look at causation, but not necessarily attribution. It's our, is a father or a mother for that mother, Really responsible for what they can't give, what they were emotionally unable to give, what their wounds did not allow them to share. I mean, to at what point do we just break that chain and say, "This is what I received. This is the lessons I got from what I didn't like or didn't receive." And now, with that material, with that palette of colors, with that emotional uh, banking, you know, of feelings and impressions and uh, and of of. Uh, of needs, you know, what can I do with that? How, how can I use that to form myself? Uh, I hear even more often than I hear how a father has failed us, I hear how a mother is the cause of all of our wounds and problems. <laughs> and I'm not buying that either. It's, it's uh, impossible, I think, to be for a parent to give everything that a child would hope to receive, no matter what your value system is. But a child should not ever be get to a point where uh, they've done something to me or omitted something for which for which I can never heal, from which I can never become myself. In fact, those things that were omitted, the things you wished you had and didn't get, the traumas that were put on you, even if it was guilt tripping or, or p- parents going uh, dealing with their own crap through their children and putting that on their kids all of those things are very real but all of them are lessons and they're all part of this ferment of materia from which we can build and sculpt a, a truer and stronger self without our wounds including the fatherly wound uh, we cannot possibly be as, as fulfilled and as effective and even indeed as great as we possibly could be. We need those wounds, those are part of our gifts. What we need to do is understand them, not be limited by them, but be liberated by them.
0: Ah. Uh, yeah. And you think about how many people I was listening to a podcast with Oprah Winfrey. You don't even need to say her second her last name, Oprah. <laughs> and she was talking about, you know, when her mother passed. You know, it was very complicated for her because, you know, her mother, like every mother, didn't give everything that, you know, didn't give her everything that she wanted. And one of her friends pointed out, but uh, but what you did that was so miraculous is you took all the broken shards of glass and you brought them and you wove them together into this beautiful offering that you gave. You gave mothering energy to the world through your work and through your philanthropy. And, you know, like, and she was saying that that's even a gift that can go back in time to the ancestral line, you know? So in some ways, like with the father wound, as you're saying, if we can gather up what we did receive and weave it into a way, and even with the, you know, sometimes the things that are most beautiful about a person are, are the, the parts of them that have been injured and that they've had to go into a deeper place within themselves, to, absolutely, right to find. It,
1: it, has there yeah. ever been a prophet that wasn't traumatized? Has there ever been a seer, an artist, a musician that truly moves your soul and rocks your world that hasn't been, uh, you know, developed through the process of pain, suffering, trauma, and transformation? I mean, that's so. In a way, we can say, you know, I have taken the broken parts of myself and created something yes but we can also say that even what wasn't given to me that i wanted was part of the gift that makes me be able to give to myself Mm -hmm. what i most need does a parent even know totally what it is that each and every individual soul because a child's never just a, a, a carbon copy of the parent how can we ever fully know what that person most needs what we can say is that even what we withhold if we're a withholding parent that too has given something to the child because it gives us uh the the impetus to give to ourselves to parent ourselves to educate ourselves encourage ourselves cheer for ourselves and set ourselves free as like an adult again and again and again into a world of magic and possibility
0: yeah That. So the idea that, you know, yes, take the broken parts and the wounds, but also watch how you're able to take things that you needed from the environment, you know, from maybe you got certain things and ideas from an artist you listened to, or from an uncle who was a musician or, you know, like how how beautiful is the soul and the way it's able to take in from its environment and from its own, its own self um, to create a life that is meaningful and that is whole and that is you know, a a healed life.
1: Well, that goes back to a personal responsibility. I don't mean responsibility as in an obligation, you're obligated to act a certain way as a male, or you're obligated to do certain things for your family, but rather responsibility in terms of the ability to respond. Mm. So we each have that within us. And to the degree that we abrogate that we we defer from it, that we we don't take on that mantle and we say we're, uh, we're victims in any way whatsoever, rather than seeing that as tools to use to take responsibility, to respond to our wounds, respond to our environment, respond to the possibilities of healing and of fulfillment, because that is where the the, the real change happens, not in accepting our suffering Not in seeing the world as having afflicted anything upon us, but rather seeing everything that's ever happened as somehow or other a gift and a lesson that we can then apply to becoming all that we can be. That is our purpose on the world, not just to manage, not to emotionally or physically survive, uh, not to reconcile the ways that we've been done wrong. But rather to take everything that's ever happened to us, every single tear, every bit of laughter, every inspiration, every suffering, every trauma, and take that and create with it the most magnificent, giving, loving, caring being that we can possibly be. Mm -hmm. That is wonderful.
0: And that sounds like freedom
1: indeed <laughs> indeed we're not we're not held down whatsoever by anything that's ever happened to us and not by the worst of our fears and our feelings we're only held down by our reticence and by our lack of self-belief that prevents us from actually making it actionable and moving forward moving forward not into just what we're going to do with who we are but moving forward into the depths of Of ourselves, the the ultimate journey and quest.
0: Mm. And so in that way, the plants, the herbs, and nature come along as allies. They're not like things that are filling missing holes, but they're like friends that are coming in alongside you to help kind of guide you and support you along the way.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) And this is why nature connection is so important and it almost sounds cliche now because it's used in so many ways it begins to you know be dismissed and we, we fail to fully take in the depth of what that means but all healing is an act of connection so we're not just connecting to our wounds we're connecting to the processes of healing we're connecting not just to Uh, our own selves and our hearts and our needs and our souls and spirits and callings but we're also connecting to the outer world and through that outer world to the cosmos to the to the universe of of potential Mm
0: -hmm. and yeah and and when we're in in like an open and receptive place to feel you know I think as Mary Oliver once said like to feel our place in the family of things like to really feel like My presence is important in the milieu, in the environment, in the ecosystem of where I've been planted. Um, Mm. There is something about nature that for, I think, most people who are, I think, inspired writers, thinkers, there's something about the natural world that helps us to remember that connection that we have to all things and to our own place.
1: Well, and that's where the natural world... And I'm, I mean, not just wilderness like where I live, but it, you, you know, your pets, your, uh, <laughs> your house plants, your, your yard, your, your tiny garden in the back, uh, your, your rooftop garden, that the, the birds that land even in the busiest of cities on the windowsill and sing to you, uh, to, to not just uh, let distance, feel distance from them, but rather to feel like you're pulling them closer, like your connection, your listening, You know, your sense of being bodily and spiritually one being, a living earth that expresses itself through all these different elements of which we are each crucial, vital uh, parts. And so each animal, each plant, each herb, just symbolically even, is like a bridge between the mundane, between the accepted uh, between the business, the superficiality, all of that. It's, it's a bridge to the wholeness, the oneness, to the living Gaia, to the greater purpose, to the family of life, mm-hmm. to our purpose within a society, within an ecosystem. And so we can connect through each and every one of those, just the flower that's sitting in the vase still, that can be the moment if we quiet our minds, even just for a few seconds and just feel and feel the ways in which we are drawn into the plant and the plant feels like a part of us. That's our bridge. And then herbs take it a step further because their chemical constituencies contribute to their energetics. So it's not just a spiritual or a symbolic effect, but rather it's an actual medicinal effect on the body. So in the case of uh, any, any um, herb that leads to expansiveness or spiritual awareness, any herb that relaxes or or opens us up to possibilities, herbs that calm the stress so that the buzz goes away long enough for us to really hear our hearts and hear the, the natural world around us and what it's saying to us, that becomes an incredible allies that become part of our medicine through their medicine. Mm-hmm.
0: So that makes me think that it's it doesn't even have to be a specific plant. It could really be any plant that brings you into that state of consciousness that's the doorway that's the doorway. absolutely
1: and that's you know and it may not be what we think of as a traditionally medicinal plant either i was citing examples of ones that have a chemical effect a medicinal effect in addition but at any any time you know a single blade of grass can be the opening to the universe mm-hmm. yeah. a single petal of a single flower can be the opening to ourselves and you can just feel the heart open up as a result of it mm-hmm. those are not just uh, doorways and portals, they're the actual keys to the work that we need to do.
0: Mm. I remember when I was a child and, you know, thinking when I was in the midst of some challenging situations inside, you know, I would go outside. When the fighting was inside, I would go outside. And I remember for me, the trees, like that, they were my sanctuary. And there was this one birch tree that I just loved. And so I would sit out and I would just hug her, I would just hug that tree and it was so grounding. And so I felt so supported. This tree was stable. It was there day after day after day. I would wash it and sing to it and take care of it because I, I loved this tree so much. Um, and, you know, as I grew up, as I grew through adulthood, um, for me, there's there's always been something about trees that feels very anchoring in terms of, um, you know, there. I, I understand botanically they're not all male obviously but but there's sort of a masculine quality in tree medicine because of their stability their uprightness um do you how do you feel about that like do you do you resonate with that or do you think of trees differently
1: well i definitely experience their femininity as well because at the same time that they're strong strong like an oak right the the, mm-hmm. the celtic association with the oak and all of its strength and fortitude and how long it lasts but uh you know the oak doesn't last forever sooner or later the oak falls sometimes the oaks are cut down sometimes the trees that we connected to in our childhood are bulldozed over for new developments before we're even growing up or shortly thereafter so like you know these things there's no sense of permanence for me in in being with a Tree, what there is is a, is a sense of the permanence of my connection to the natural world that I can feel through them. If I hug a tree or if I even touch a tree, what I'm feeling is the life force that's reaching down into the earth, drawing from the earth itself. That it's like it's like an outgrowth. It's like it's like a beautiful beautiful hair growing out. It's mm. like feathers bursting <laughs> from the bird. The trees are coming out of something that is them. And by touching them, I'm connecting to the roots that connect to the centers of the earth itself, reaching up into the cosmos like a drazzel, connecting heaven with the profane, with the average, with the normal, to the magic and the, and the possibility. So they're, for me, it's not so much that their solidity, but rather that they are in this liminal state, actually, that are transitional. They span between the worlds. Because of that, I think of them as also having a great femininity to them. I certainly see it whenever the winds come and shake the leaves off of the greatest, strongest oak in existence and snap off some of the branches. I certainly see it in the willows that with the slightest little bit of breeze, you know, sway and undulate in, in, in a dance move that, I, that few males can replicate. <laughs>
0: That reminds me of a conversation I was having. My my husband was teaching our girls about the planet Pluto last night. They like, we do little astrology um, couch sessions. Um, and we were talking about two things can be true, you know, the both and, and you know, this is a hard one. Even for me, I, I still sometimes I'm like, well, it's either this or that. So, you know, this idea like both and, like Pluto can be about dark heaviness and Pluto means riches. And, and like the wealth of the wealth of a soul, you know, really well lived, um, Mm. it can be heavy, but it can also be bright. And so, you know, in this idea of like, when we're, when we're holding the idea of the father wound, like it can be a both. And, you know, both two things can be true when we're hugging the tree. I was just imagining, Oh, next time I hug a tree, which might be in a few hours, I'm gonna f- try to feel both and oh, like this is true. Like these both can be true, and Absolutely. I feel they're like that's a nice way. Yeah,
1: it's not even could be. You could you you could just s- spare yourself the word could be. Uh-huh. It's that they are always both. I mean, if a, a sharp word is is is, a, is a, a lesson. Even if they're not, if a parent's not giving us a a usable practical lesson with the words that they're giving us it's a lesson in how to how to deal with anger and how to deal with rejection how to deal with being pushed around you know as a kid and not taking that wound into your adulthood and having it handicap you and emasculate you so really it's always either or um you know when i i developed a system for an early runic system prior to my oracle cards uh, which involved these what i called stones and always there was a flip side so you know, if it was move forward, it was also you know retreat, draw back into the south. If it was uh, you know aggression, then it was also you know peacemaking. So it was all of, always both because that's where balance comes from, and no harmony can exist without balance. Even in, even in jazz, where it seems like they're, they're, the beats and stuff are not always correlating, you know, even in jazz music, it's the same thing where it requires an overall balance between the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the, the fast tempo, the slow tempo. And so in every lesson, everything that happens to us, every wound that we have, flip it over, just flip it over, see what the other side is, because one doesn't negate the other, it takes both to make it whole.
0: Yeah. That's so helpful to walk away with that because I think, you know, just the the listener who wrote this question in, you know, I think sometimes like I did an episode on the mother wound and talked about some herbs that were, you know, can be specific for different types of trauma and like different subtle energetic shifts in the heart. And I think you know there there we can see that there are some plants like I one that I think of is um, sunflower seed is one that Matthew Wood speaks of for the father wound um, because it's nutritious it's oily it's grounding the and but the sunflower itself is a very solar plant it follows the sun across the sky so it has a very strong solar association. Um, so you could say, yeah, eat sunflower seeds to nourish yourself. Um, you could say, you know, eat burdock root for grounding and um, for nourish nourishing, you know, do oak bark tea or like do an oak uh, wreath in your house. You know, we could say all these things. And we could also say, <laughs> You know, these can be symbols, like it may not literally be the sunflower seed, but if that seed reminds you of the work you're doing and how you're trying to bring these things into harmony, then then we can see it as as a tool. Um, it, it it doesn't have to be so literally healing as a plant.
1: Yes, absolutely. So what have you been thinking about the red pill and all of that it's happening now? Oh, I don't know. I don't watch the news. What's the red pill? (laughs) It wouldn't be on the news, dude. It would be on social media. Okay.
0: What's the red
1: uh, pill? And on on YouTube, your uh, your platform. No, the red pill. uh, The Andrew Tate and the redefining new maleness, traditional uh, wives uh, such as uh, Pearl Pearl Davis talks about, but rather this uh, almost dichotomization or polarization, but it has to do with figuring out what our our roles are in, in this current time. Which is different than it ever was before. So, what we have is women who feel like they were uh, just in the last 20 years, feel like they have to define themselves as business women, as being independent, as being uh, as capable as any man in order to counteract how many generations of women being put down, told they have to stay in the house, they're only cooks and, and childbearers, et cetera. Mm. But that the response coming out of that right now. Is the trad wife movement, which is that we want the we want to be able to make a personal choice, not dictate it for anybody else. That what's most satisfying and fulfilling for me is giving most of my time to uh, making sure that there's wonderful food on the table, taking care of the home, uh, being the primary caregiver of the children while the male's bringing in the money. Um, there's a price to pay for either way, and one way we may not get to express ourselves as much as a trad wife, for example, in the world uh, through all of our other abilities, the businesses we could have started, the other things that we could have done to affect the planet. Uh, and, you know, so there, uh, there's a problem with uh, with if we go the other direction, of course, though, where if we're uh, out there all the time, if a woman's always out there def- uh, defining her worth by how much money she can make and does she really get as much time with her children as she was like or did she forego the pleasures or for many of us the pleasures of having children in order to give all of her time and energy to to a career or or some outside purpose for males the, the 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 red pill that they're talking about is after once again several generations at least multiple generations of uh now being told that we have to move away from the 40s and 50s model of male means strength and if you show any vulnerability we've taken that now to a new extreme to where you're almost penalized for showing what was considered to be masculinity whether it's aggression, certainty, self-confidence, drive, all these characteristics of just male but that society has come to associate with maleness. So that's left an entire uh, segment of of male beings, beings born with male parts who don't feel like they really have a purpose anymore, that they can really act out the way that they feel, that they can follow their instincts without being penalized. So they're trying to express androgyny even if they do feel strongly. Uh, My response to that is that all all extremes are problematic once again. (laughs) Yes. Uh, that we certainly need to reclaim what it means to be a strong male in in a society regardless of how that role is defined but we also need to be in touch obviously with our sensitivity with the poetics of what it means to be a human being on this planet uh, with the caring with the nurturing and so to bring that all into the into the creation that is us i feel is essential but uh, i just brought that to your attention because there's right now, a huge divide going on between uh, w- whether we continue with this process of, of uh, feeling bad about being male and masculine, uh, just because our parents screamed at our mothers to the point of driving us <laughs> into a closet, <laughs> or or do we find a place where we can be caring to not be the ones that yell and, and suppress and control, and yet still feel fully in our whatever we think of as maleness, whatever we think of as our own personal strengths.
0: I, I didn't know what was called the red pill, but that this conversation apps I'm yeah, definitely aware of. And I, it, it kind of comes back to, you know, being in touch and sensitive to your soul, like who you are at your most basic level in whatever body or form or culture you were born into and living that authentic way, and you talk about this lot a lot in your plant healer um, podcast series, which I'll include a link if people want. It's a wonderful ten-part series on Herb Rally. But you were just talking about the, you know, the, we have to pay attention to how we're feeling. We have to be authentic and follow our passions. And I think. Part of it is that people are not trusting themselves and they're not, they're not paying attention to the, the inner cues. And, and I would say too, the cosmic cues, right? Like I know not everyone likes the word God, but I'll just say like a higher power or something bigger than yourself. Like when we're disconnected from that voice and presence in our lives, then all these little things, we get caught up in this and this, and this, and I shouldn't be doing that. But it's like, no, if you just sit still enough and listen long enough, you'll know just what to do. (laughs) you know it won't be unclear what role you're you're here to do and to take and um you know i had to i went i i was raised in a way where yeah i i did the business thing i thought that's and i was going to do the business thing and the mom thing and i couldn't i decided to do the mom thing and i i still am always going to be an herbalist and i'll always share what i love right now i'm teaching a lot of kids I'm teaching, you know, herbs to kids (laughs) in my daughter's school. And, oh, it's such, it's so fun. And I just feel like, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with choosing the things that really speak to your heart and the, and using the gifts. And for me, I've got a lot of like Taurus cancer energy. Like I'm very much a mom. I've always kind of been that way. Um, and I, it was once I accepted that I became happy (laughs) life became easy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and. You know, I wouldn't have had a uh, another child so late in life if I, if that wasn't the most fulfilling uh, thing that I've ever done. You know, mm-hmm. there's uh, being a father, and uh, when I didn't do it as well, when I had split split up families, you know, when we we're having to share kids, and all the all the things I can consider as possible mistakes, but that were also lessons. And yet this time it was deliberate. It wasn't you know, uh, we're we're pregnant, and I'm deciding to keep it, it was, it was, I want this child, we're going to make it, even if we have to change the brand of lube, we, no matter what it takes, no matter what herbs we need to boost it, because this is the way that I feel, my instincts are telling me all the time that I want to give and nourish, one of the best places for me, at least, to do that and instinctually I know it at the very bottom of my being is to give that to this young man that I'm now raising five years old mm-hmm. and out of satisfaction I get from being here for him the amount of pleasure that it brings to me uh, and the responsibility that I have for it I could never feel more at right in the world than I do now in this place uh, with this child with this purpose and it's, I refuse to ever choose between him and and uh, continue to be a champion of herbalism and continuing to be a teacher. What it is for me is that he inspires me to be enlivened, and I want to then give that enlivenedness to all the rest of you.
0: And this is why I thought this topic was so perfect and on point for you to speak to today, because I've seen you, Father, and I've seen you father, not only your own son at the confluence, but the men around you, Um, you know, shepherding the next generation of male herbalists in a very kind, jovial, inspiring, encouraging, you know, humorous um, and compelling (laughs) way. And and I think that that's such a testament to um, what you've done. You know, I don't know your background, but just whatever it was you were given from your patrilineal line. Like, I am just in awe of what you've created with it and how you give it so freely Thank in service. So
1: well, and I, I, that does call for a little bit of credit because uh, my parents were a blessing. And I have to say that I got more from them in terms of support than I did for trauma. I basically had to run away at age 13 from a very happy home, wasn't even running away, I was running towards something. But I had to seek out trauma as part of my growth process because I knew I damn well needed some. I was way (laughs) too happy at home. Uh, But what they gave me that I would like to give to my child and that I I hope everybody can give is the basics that we all need even as adults to move forward, okay? Past our shit and into our dreams. And, And what are those things? It's basically, I see you, right? So being recognized, recognize yourself and being recognized by those in, your, in, in the world around you, uh, accepting who you are, uh, not blaming yourself for everything, but still taking responsibility for what goes on around you, both for what you do and for what you don't do. Sensing and coming to know yourself on a personal quest that exposes to you the, the gifts by which you can be most effective in the world. There may be a million things you can do, but there are a few things that you will do better than anything else. Those are your ultimate gifts. Find ways to express those. Don't let anybody tell you you're not good enough. Don't feel bad because you don't have letters of accreditation after your name. Don't feel bad because you don't have a diploma on the wall or that you only make x amount of figures per year instead of what you think you need, Uh, have self-worth based on how much you love and care, have self-worth based on how you feel connected to the world that you that you're so in love with, with natural wholeness, with Gaia, feel a part of that, love yourself as you would love the earth, as you would love a child, as you would love a precious animal in your life, love yourself as something real and meaningful and never doubt that your dreams matter, Never imagine that you need to settle for less or compromise anything in this life. It's way too damn short for that. 70, 80 years, give me a break. You don't have a moment to waste. And that doesn't mean you need to be busy every second doing something, but that even in your quiet moment, even in your meditation, even in your sleep, even in the cuddles after lovemaking, that that is still part of this active uh, uh, chain of becoming becoming all that we can be. So if I have anything to offer herbalists or anybody else, it does tend to go back to see who you are, experience who you are, recognize that, believe in that. Don't let anybody make you doubt yourself. Take every chance and risk necessary in order to be all that you can be and give thanks constantly. That makes us part of not just it doesn't make us just staying alive and being a part of society and keep us out of that crazy house or the hospital. It means that we're being maximized with a full artful creation of what we can be. We are, we are feeling the wonder of what it means to be us, and we're trying to give that as much as possible to the world. What I find, especially with males, is this massive amount of self-recrimination and guilt, which has to be, you know, gotten past. We, we can process it all we want, we can process it for a lifetime, but unless we actually get past it, we can't move into what it means to be us, and therefore we can't know what it means to be healthy, or whole, or happy.
0: Mm. And then we can't help the next generation.
1: Absolutely. And it's <laughs> all about, it's all about leaving a seed. Yeah. because. At our best, you know, the, the people that we remember now that wrote the great books or the great music or passed on great philosophical lessons, started religions, that uh, spiritual, uh, spiritual traditions that actually benefit people. Uh, for the best of what they gave is just a small part, no greater than what we are ourselves being asked to give. And giving to ourself is not in place of giving to the world. It's just an absolutely essential first step
0: so go out and look at a petal go out hug a tree sit down and wait for the bird to come somewhere by the window and these are all ways to make that trek back inward so that we can live this life gathering all the pieces and exactly. and living 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 our, our in our best way Thank you so much Jesse. this has been such a I, I knew it was it was new it was a risk throwing this topic out there but I love all that we painted using our words and our ideas and um, what we've picked up along the way and um, I want to let folks know where they can find you. You can go to planthealer.org. I'll include a link in the description. Jesse and Kiva have a whole database uh, library books you can buy, the Oracle deck, they have uh, the Confluence, which I'm excited to be teaching at next July in Colorado, and there's a ton of resources, blogs, anything you can think of that has to do with um, connecting yourself to nature and learning about the plants is there. So so head on over there, take a look, and um, Jesse, thank you again so much for this time to talk about this very important topic.
1: Uh, it's been a great pleasure, as you know. Thank you so much, Ashley.